Hi everyone, welcome to Manager IQ's Manager Skills Corner podcast. Manager IQ's mission is to provide an online space where managers can access all the resources, learnings and tools to build their manager toolkit and also to provide you with a community of managers to lean on. This podcast is designed to bring experts in specific areas of management to share their knowledge and experience with the Manager IQ community. We share tips and tricks which you can implement into your management practice. For more information about Manager IQ and our products, check out our website www.manageriq.com. Now, let's check out today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Skills Corner podcast. We are excited today. We're going to be talking about leveraging your strengths with a fantastic expert, Daria Williamson. As a leader, manager and coach, Daria has spent years developing a strength-based approach to help her clients find clarity in their life and work. She approaches leadership from the lens of positive psychology and by digging into a person's strengths and weaknesses, they can uncover what really makes them tick. Her unique structure helps people uncover how to achieve their goals, live more fully and align their work with their passion, which I just love and I can resonate so much with. Um, Daria created the highly successful Strengths Dex cards and Matrix and has used them to help countless professionals realign their work lives for the better. Recently, in February this year, she published her book Unleash Your Awesome, which I've been listening through Audible, which has been such a fantastic listen. And I love hearing your voice, Daria, there as well. So thank you so much for bringing um, this wonderful book to the world. Um, but this brings together practical advice activities to help people go from bored and stressed to empowered and motivated, which I just love. Daria believes that working hard doesn't have to feel like hard work and that everyone has the capacity to leverage their strengths and neutralize their weaknesses to move forward. Her expertise is in navigating that balance and helping people put it to practice. You've had so much experience. Experience here and it's just love talking about it. Um, but you've had 10 years of this um, experience in the strength-based coaching area and has worked with high-performing individuals, large business teams, and organizations across New Zealand. You are a seasoned speaker, trainer, and personal development expert who is passionate about helping people grow into their full potential. That was such a lovely introduction, Daria. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm very well, thank you. It's absolutely great to be here. That's great. And I just love the idea of, you know, strength based kind of conversations and helping people to really look at their strengths and leverage them to to reach their potential. So I'm very excited to be sharing your wisdom with our managers in our community. So I can't thank you enough for, for joining us today. I've given, it, I guess, a, a good introduction, but is there anything from your perspective that it would be great to share with the people who are listening today around you, you know, it doesn't just have to be, you know, your business year, it could be anything and your career to date and how you've become that expert in strengths. Oh, that's such a big question. Um, look, really, I think I'm so fascinated by personal strengths because I started my life and my career focused on weaknesses. You know, it's super, super common. Um, I don't know if it's just a New Zealand thing or if it goes more widely, but the sense that we need to focus on our weaknesses, what we aren't good at, we need to fix them. Um, there's even a narrative that we need to turn them into strengths. And, mm. you know, I found like I wasted so much time and energy on things I'm not great at and don't enjoy. And I could barely drag them up to some level of adequacy. And it just felt like I, there was such an opportunity cost to that because all of that time and energy I was spending on that stuff, I wasn't investing in the things I'm great at and love doing. And so since I figured that out and flipped the script, I pretty much haven't looked back. I'm now doing work 
that I absolutely love and am passionate about, I can work really, really hard, you know, delivering two days of back-to-back workshops. I am exhausted by the end of it physically, but I'm fizzing like a champagne bottle on the inside because I'm using the the strengths that light me up when I'm doing that stuff. And it's such a fascinating thing you say because uh, like my background is HR and the premise of, I guess, performance reviews is really focusing on areas where people need to build. So the, so I guess what yeah. you're saying is their weaknesses, right? So I, I suspect that people are resonating with what you're saying. They're thinking that actually a lot of the time I'm focusing on my weaknesses too and mm. you know, how powerful it could be around how they're able to then focus on those strengths. And I think that the added bit that I, that I love that you add to it and also the things that I love and that I'm passionate mm. about. So having that combination um, obviously has been quite powerful for you and and I'm assuming quite powerful, the clients that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. I make a really clear distinction between things that you're good at and don't enjoy and the things that you're good at and do enjoy. It's really easy to get stuck doing the things that you're just good at without really thinking about, but how does it make me feel when I'm using this? And so in the strength deck approach, I talk about two different zones, the zone of reputation. I'm good at this, but I don't enjoy it. And the zone of genius, which is I'm great at this and I love doing it. And I call the first one the zone of reputation because everyone goes, oh, Lex is great at that. Give it to her. And you're just sitting there thinking, please don't. I just don't want to do that thing. But because you're great at it, that's what people see. People don't often see that internal sense we have around the use of a strength. But when we're doing the stuff that we're great at and love doing, that lights us up on the inside and we get that sustainable sense of our work being something that gives back to us as we give to it. I talk about the zone of reputation being potentially Mm. the zone of burnout because it's not giving back to you. It's draining from you as you keep pouring energy into it. And so finding that balance, look, what's in your zone of reputation is still valuable to you because you're really good at it. And so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it's understanding okay, if I need to use that stuff, how am I going to sustain my energy, my interest, my engagement with the task? And that's typically by going over to your zone of genius, grabbing one of those strengths and pairing them up so that you get the benefits of great performance in both without just being stuck with the energy vampire. Mm, Yeah. And as you're talking, I can remember so many I think it was Excel spreadsheets you know there's not uh-huh. as many HR folk who are, who are good in the Excel space you know and so I um, I guess it was my point of difference for a while and then my point of pain um, mm-hmm. I guess a bit further down you know after the years and years of spreadsheets started to get on top of me and I can absolutely feel the the energy that was being drawn away from me not even by doing it but the thought of having to do another Excel spreadsheet yeah so, just the thought of it is enough <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then I guess in the reverse, if you're, you know, picking up something that's in that area where you're actually getting energized by the thought, even just the thought that you're about to use the strength is probably going to give you that boost as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So resonating with me already. And you're talking a little bit around the benefits of individuals working um, with their strengths um, in the sense that they are able to get that energy and feel excited and get that fizzle inside that you're talking about. Would there be any other benefits that would be worth sharing from an individual perspective? Goodness, that's such a good question. Um, I really think it just comes down to we can show up as the best version of ourselves when we are doing stuff that is aligned with our values, that feels purposeful and meaningful, 
and gives us that opportunity to shine. Um, you know, Dan Pink talks about autonomy, mastery and purpose as being the foundation stones of motivation. And, you know, autonomy, we have varying levels of that depending on our role and position. Um, mastery is our opportunity to really excel at something. Uh, and that's where your strengths come in, but also deliberate practice, getting coaching, feedback, you know, doing training, expanding your your understanding through books and training courses and podcasts. And then the purpose piece of I'm actually doing something that is a net benefit to the world. And it doesn't have to be that we all go work for Greenpeace. You know, we can mm. still do really meaningful work in what seems like a really mundane thing. You know, thank goodness for rubbish collectors. Yeah. Thank goodness for dentists. I personally wouldn't excel at either of those jobs, but I'm super grateful that there are people out there that put their heart and soul into them. And mm. so it's that sense of how do I link what I do here today with that wider purpose of what's the benefit it's delivering to my community, to my family. Mm. And it's, it's so tricky because I've been listening to your audible, audible book. I'm not uh -huh. quite sure if I've heard some things from prior conversations that we've had or from your book. Mm -hmm. But I um, there was one thing that I thought was quite interesting as well is around it's not just necessarily finding how you can use your strengths at work, but how you can use your strengths in your personal life. And I think you talked about yourself with creativity yes. and, you know, you know, dancing and, and so forth. And I think that that's such a, a great way of doing it because in reality, people have to work, you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes they're stuck in the job that maybe is, an, a, you know, a, an energy vampire or, or whatever, mm -hmm. but they still kind of have to do it for now for whatever reason. But what I think the power of what the message that you have is that you can then find in your personal life those areas that you can actually play to your strengths and the benefits of bringing those kind of two together can kind of I don't know if you say it like that, but almost offset each other a little bit, you yeah. know, so you get into a much better, happier space, which I thought was an amazing kind of moment when I was listening to that in the book. Yeah, thank you. That's something that I didn't understand when I first started work. Um, I was kind of taught that everyone should love their job. And somewhere along the way, I picked up on that idea of actually some people don't want to love their job and go all in on their job. They actually want to just go to work do a decent job, go home, because what's outside of work for them is the more meaningful and purposeful part of life. It might be raising a beautiful family. It might be contributing to the community. It might be treading the boards at the local community theatre. It's whatever it is that you find your meaning and purpose in, you can bring your strengths to. And so, you know, there are strengths around leadership that you could, you know, join a networking group and jump on the committee. You could help out the local Sea Scouts or something like that. So it's finding those ways to link the things you're great at and love doing to something that is personally meaningful to you. Mm, yeah. And I must say that, you know, I've always, I've been very fortunate. I've always loved what I've done as a work. Um, and when I got into management, I did find it a little bit of a struggle to kind of understand what you're saying is that actually mm. there is some people who just come here, do a good job, do what they need to do and go on. And they're not, hey, like I'm always thinking about what's your next step in your career? How can I help you with this? But it's not necessarily something that they wanted or they needed me for, they actually wanted to do in the first place. So I, I'm assuming managers on here can resonate, but there's probably a few people on their team that feel the same way, but that's okay because mm. they're getting what they need elsewhere. And yeah. I guess as a manager, we could just be interested in that stuff as well so that we give them the ability to have the boundaries that they need to take part in those things that are bringing strengths, because I assume if they've got that going in their personal life, they're going to be much more positive in their work lives as well. 
Absolutely. And, you know, New Zealand being a nation of small businesses and a lot of that in Australia as well, there's not always the room for people to progress up in organisations. Mm. So, you know, we are constrained by that. So actually having people that are like, I'm happy where I am. I just want to keep doing this and do it well. That's great. That's exactly what we need. And in a way, it reminds me of in the the matrix that I use with the strengths deck, the zone of proficiency is the one in the middle, which is I'm pretty good at this and pretty happy doing it. I talk about it. That's not the stuff that's going to crank you out of bed on a Monday morning to be excited. Woohoo, I get to go use a proficiency. But that builds a stable foundation for you to use your genius strengths. And in the same way in a team, having those solid, consistent performers gives you that stable core so that when you have those people that are really fizzing and wanting to move ahead and drive, you're not losing everything if one of those people then gets a promotion or takes a role elsewhere because Mm. you've got that really fantastic, stable, reliable core of performance kind of baked in with those people that are just showing up day by day doing a really good, solid job. Yeah. And so if I was like a manager or a business and we decided to kind of change the focus to focus more on people's strengths, you know, like having a, you know, leveraging people's strengths and and working together on that. I guess the benefits to business you've talked about a little before is that you're building their energy, you're getting people in the spot that they need to be and okay with maybe using their proficient strengths or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or pairing people up to to make make it work. What are some of the other benefits that um, businesses can have around starting to work on focusing more on leveraging strengths in the team? Mm -hmm. So there's such a huge range of research around the benefits of strengths for businesses and teams. And to sum it up, all the numbers go in the desired direction. So your creativity increases, your problem solving becomes more effective. People are more engaged. There's lower sense of uh, disengagement. People are less likely to leave their jobs. So, you know, the, the bad numbers, they head down. The good numbers, they head up. And so it's a superpower to be able to bring a strengths-based approach to work. Of course, it doesn't fix everything because nothing does. You know, we need all the other things. We need a good strategy. We need great (laughs) KPIs. We need fantastic training. You know, so all of those things are still there. But actually getting people aware for themselves of what they're great at and not so great at. You know, I don't say that we shouldn't focus on our weaknesses. What I'm saying is we don't make it the main focus. So we understand our weaknesses to the point that we know how they might trip us up where they could get us in a bit of strife. And then we figure out how we prevent that happening. And so some of it is we might have to juggle some tasks around team members to get a task away from someone that has a weakness in that area because it's just going to be far better to get someone that's got a strength in that area to do it than try and train the person that's got the weakness. Um, But other things might be, well, actually, I'm okay, but this particular weakness might come up in an interpersonal space. So these are the signs that maybe this weakness is starting to manifest. And so I can recognize that. And then back to my strengths, what's a way I'm going to address that so that it doesn't really create problems within the team. So there's different ways you can do it for people as individuals, as a manager taking an interest in it and asking people, you know, what are you doing when you're having the most fun at work? And okay, sometimes that'll be mm. around the cooler, you know, water cooler or off in the, uh, in the break room. <laughs> but those things of, you know, where do you lose a bit of a sense of time in your work? So you look up and suddenly realize an hour's gone by. Those are going to be signs that those are probably really energizing strengths for people. And so 
if you have a large enough team, you might be able to move a few things around. And I call it um, creating like a strength marketplace that I go, hey, Lex, I've got this as a weakness. You've got it as a strength. Can I give this task to you? And actually, I feel like you struggle with that task, but I would love to do it. Can I grab that from you? Now, we've got segregation of duties and, and things we need to consider. But in a lot of cases, we don't have to stick religiously to job descriptions. You know, we can we can move things around. A job description is just a description. Make it work for you and your team. And it means when people join or leave a team, yep, you'll have to do some more shuffling. But the overall benefits of people being that much more engaged, feeling that much greater return on their work is going to outweigh any of the administrative uh, costs of needing to make some adjustments here and there along the way. Yeah. And I think when you probably start this off, it's, it feels like there's a, an aspect of culture that needs to come into this, that everyone mm. needs to kind of be in on it and understand why you're doing it, understand the benefits and how you would go about it doing it in a, in a, a safe and positive way. Mm. Um, but also recognizing that adjusting tasks and moving things around is not going to be a reflection of your performance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually more of a reflection of the team's success and how we're going to yes. achieve our goals together and be happier doing it and more energized doing it mm -hmm. um but it just might take a little bit of time to get there in a way that is smooth and it just feels like well this is the way that we do business but if you can get there the power that it could have for you and the team and the individual would be amazing absolutely and i think you've hit on something really important there around culture of being super clear on our messaging of why we're doing this and mm -hmm. helping people actually understand what's in it for them? You know, basic change management, what's in it for me? Why do I care that we're going to make this change? But also um, making sure that your business practices don't then cut across what you're trying to do. So look at the performance uh, appraisal form. If it's mostly talking about your weaknesses and what you're going to do to fix them, you can implement a strengths-based approach all you like, but then if the, at the critical juncture, you're going to only talk to people about weaknesses, they're going to know that what you're valuing is weaknesses and a weakness focus. So it's getting those things aligned. Yes, still, you know, what are your weaknesses? Have any of them tripped you up? What strategies are you putting in place? But zero in on the what are the strengths you've used in the last 12 months that have helped you move forward, that have helped the team move forward, the business move forward? What are some strengths you want to work on in the next 12 months? And what results do you expect are going to come from those? And actually aligning your reward and recognition with people's strengths. Uh, and so just kind of really creating this drive all in that direction of we're going to take the appreciative inquiry approach, what is right with you, what is good, and how we can amplify that. And then, you know, making sure that all our practices actually support us going in that direction. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. And I, I think you're right. There's, you know, the, the more that you do in regards to strengths, it can be unwind so quickly with what people are being rewarded for or yep. recognized for. So you do need to have a little bit more holistic approach to your practices if you're going to be successful in the energy time and um I guess, enthusiasm of your team as well. I mean, yep. that'd be the worst thing if you're having a conversation with your team and doing all this great stuff around bringing this to life. And then it's not necessarily something that's spoken about at the key times that reflect their yes. performance and then obviously their reward after that. Mm. Um, we're excited to announce that Manager IQ has now created a new manager community called the Manager Mentor Hub. This is a place where managers can come to master their craft, get access to a supportive community and share their knowledge and experience. 
When you join this community, you will have the ability to undertake a management self-review, set your goals, get access to monthly masterclasses where the topics are based off the community goals, requests and other general community chatter. There is a weekly live office hours to ask and workshop any of your management questions that you might have. And of course, there's also the community itself where you can ask each other questions and get support from each other. So why don't you come along and check us out. More information can be seen at www.manageriq.com. See you there. I also think that it'd be quite interesting for a manager around how they continuously have to evolve the way of thinking in the sense that just because that's that person's strength now doesn't mean it's going to be something that they want to do forever you know kind of thing yes. so um maybe it's not evolve is the wrong word but they kind of have to be a little bit nimble in the way that they're actually mm. applying this and i like what you said there around what are some of the things that you want to then focus on in the next you know what are the strengths that you want to mm. use in the next because i'm assuming what you're saying is that we might not just have one strength we will have multiple that we can use at interchangeable times Absolutely. So where the strengths deck approach differs from some of the other strengths approaches on the market is that I am 100% down the channel of our strengths are flexible, they're dynamic. We can change them, but they also change themselves based on our context. You know, what work are we doing? Where are we at in our life? What's our current goals? What are we actually intentionally doing? So we're applying some strategies that are going to draw in different strengths. That's going to change our overall balance. And so um, it comes down to, and you'll probably hear it a number of times as you get through the book, is <laughs> everything is an experiment. Mm -hmm. For most of us in most industries, running an experiment, no one's going to die if it doesn't turn out the way we expected it to. Now, doctors and nurses and a few other industries, they need to take a, a more risk-based approach to experiments. But for most of us, uh, running an experiment with our strengths, with our team's combination of strengths, the worst that's going to happen is that it wasn't any better than what we're currently doing. Well, cool, we've learned something. So let's stop doing that because it's not making things better. Mm. Let's try something else. And so it's um, a little bit going down the Buddhist notion of hold things lightly. You know, we're going to, we're just going to have a theory. We're going to create a hypothesis. We're going to test it. Did it work? Great. Keep doing it. If it didn't, throw it out, find a new strategy to test. And over time, it's this incremental 1% better each time we do something. So we're not trying to revolutionize our approach to work, you know, by Friday. Mm. But what's something that would make it 1% better by Friday? Mm. And then, you know, if we bank that and then each week we're just making this one little tweak, you know, over time we actually get quite a substantial change because those changes also build on one another. 1% more energized and engaged this week do that again next week and the week after and the week after. And it doesn't take long to get a 10%, 15 20% shift. And mm. who in business doesn't want, you know, 15% higher engagement? Yeah, I love that. And I, I suspect as well that I just know from myself and my um, when I was becoming a manager that you feel like you have to have all the answers and you feel mm -hmm. that every initiative that you roll out and everything that you do has to be perfect and you take such personal kind of, I've you know, failed, I guess, um, you know, if something doesn't quite work out. But I just love what you're saying and maybe not just in the sense of applying it here, but applying experimenting to a lot of things that managers do.
Um, but being open that that's what's happening. And I think that that's what you're saying. Mm. It's around, you know, be let people know that we're trying something. It might not work or, you know, like we might have to adjust over time, but let's try it and give me your feedback and let's be part of this co-creation of what we're trying yes. to do here together. Um, because I, I think you're right. I think it could be powerful because a manager could spend hours and hours trying to get something perfect and suddenly mm -hmm. two, three months have gone by where in your scenario, that could be, you know, 15, 20%, you know, moving in the right direction that has been missed out because of the, the need to be perfect, where if the need to be experimental was applied, could be quite powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think, um, you know, you talk there about co-creation, that's kind of the key to this, is it's not up to the manager to figure all this out, because sometimes what really lights people up, we don't necessarily see that from the outside. It might just be a small flame burning inside them. Like, this is the right thing for me. And so we can look at someone's performance. That's quite easy to measure in many cases. So actually talking to your people and saying, you know, what are the things that light you up? What excites you? What's something that you wish you could use in your job? You know, a strength that you have, something that you wish you could do on a regular basis. Figure out if you can incorporate that in some way into the work they're doing because those small changes, those little glimpses of, oh, this is amazing that I get to do this. You know, I talk with the genius strengths. One of the signs that you're in your genius strengths is you say to yourself, I can't believe people pay me to do this. And if you could have a bit of that in every job that someone in your team is doing, you know, the, the cumulative impact of that across the team is going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, that's fabulous. And I wonder if this is the perfect time to actually talk about, I guess, some of the things that you're discussing in um, Unleash Your Awesome. But, you know, how can people identify their strengths? Because I know when someone asked me that, it's like, do I have the words to articulate it? Do mm -hmm. I even know myself? You know, like I, I, maybe I'm in that, you know, that stage where I'm not quite sure, you know, so yeah. it'd be quite interesting, you know, given the fact that this is your, you know, you've written a whole book on this, you know, to mm -hmm. talk us through around how people can identify their strengths. Thank you for asking. This is one of the things that I love talking about the most because there are so many different ways to figure it out. And I'm also, I want to be really clear, your strengths are not something that suddenly come to you when you figure them out, when you do an assessment. They're already a part of your life, they're already a part of your work, they're part of your story to date. And so that's why we can actually go back and mine your history to figure out some of your strengths. And so in Unleash Your Awesome, uh, I list a whole bunch of ways you can go back and figure some of them out. And it's things like, what were you doing when your parents couldn't find you when they called you for dinner? You know, because probably that was something that absolutely absorbed you. You got into flow, time and space disappeared because you were doing this thing that you loved and were quite good at. Um, what were the subjects that you excelled in at school? Whether it was you never really had to try very hard and you got good marks or the work you did to get those great marks didn't feel hard and effortful. Um, looking at your job history, not just the jobs that you've gravitated towards, because there'll be some strengths in there, but what are the things beyond just your specific job description that you've kind of ended up doing in businesses along the way? So for some people, that's quietly in the background, making sure that the coffee machine never runs out of supplies or you know it might be the person who sees someone new sitting in the lunchroom and you sidle up to them and just say hey welcome you know can I sit with you for lunch so you know these little things that we typically don't think much of 
they are really amazing signposts because one of the characteristics of our genius strengths is that we forget how powerful they are because they feel so normal and natural to us. But then we look at someone else and go, oh, gosh, I could never do that. That would, Oh, no, I'd be terrible at that or that would terrify me. But we forget that someone's looking at us with something we're doing and saying the same thing. So some of this is actually just about looking back on the patterns in your life and going, huh, it's very interesting that this element comes up time and again. Maybe that's actually a genius strength. Mm, yeah. And I think as well as that we don't we don't have enough time or I don't think we take enough time to sit back and reflect on those sorts of things and see if there mm-hmm. was a pattern or if there was like, oh, yes, you know, like and uh, which resonated resonated with me in your book as well as around what you said was what the predetermined uh, view of what creativity was. Was it around? I think you said painting horses or something. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm a terrible painter, too. But at the same time, I've always loved creating things in the workplace, like certain mm-hmm. initiatives, I guess, whole manager IQ concept, whatever it was. And, you know, like doing certain things, I have lost hours and hours doing it. And I was mm-hmm. starting to think. It really made me challenge my way of thinking around, well, actually, I am more creative than I ever thought I was. And going through this exercise, I'm starting to think I'm, I'm almost even more empowered to use that, uh, my genius strength because of the process of going through your book and feeling OK with it and actually loving it at the same time. So it's quite powerful. Yeah. And this almost goes back to what we were talking about around the alignment of incentives. You know, the creative kids when we were at school were getting the prizes for the drawing, for the artwork, Mm. um, maybe for the writing. But the idea of creativity, the way I approach it in the strengths deck is very much about just taking disconnected elements and bringing them together in a new way. And so that can be baking, that can be sewing, or that can be creating something like Manager IQ. It didn't exist until you brought those different elements together. And so there's an inherent creativity in that. And so I think it's that reframe around what are we actually valuing? What are we rewarding? You know, there's so much more richness than these really narrow labels we've kind of grown up with. Yeah. That's so interesting how things are reinforced all the way from when you're little and make you change your view on on certain things. But as you um, have the opportunity to run through certain exercises like you do in Unleash Your Awesome, um, makes you almost rethink these key concepts of your life, which is quite interesting. So, um, you know, I really loved what I was learning from the book as well. And and I guess if a manager is trying to apply a strength-based approach to their team or like how they help their team identify it, is it walking through like a similar type of question sets around looking at some of the patterns or is there certain other ways that they would use other tools, I guess, like the things that mm-hmm. you use in your business? Yeah. So, you know, I use the strength deck one-on-one and with teams as well. So it can be run as a team workshop. And in fact, that can be a really amazing team building exercise because you're actually starting to talk about one another's strengths and recognize them and call them out. So I did one a few years ago and was a part of a leadership team. We'd broken them up into smaller groups. And uh, one of the managers said, oh, yes, well, my top genius strength is prepared. And everyone else in the room fell about laughing. And I was like, okay, clearly I've missed something here. And they said, ask them what they've got in their handbag. I was like, okay, what have you got in your handbag? I've got a measuring tape and a first aid kit. I've got some mouthwash, some hand sanitizer. I've got a book. There's Sudoku. I've got a pen. And just like rattling off. And 
so I looked at the rest of the team and they're like, yep, you can rely on that person that if we need something, they have it. Yeah. And that person was sitting there going, but that's just what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the others don't. That's why it's so important that you're here. But also that created a situation where everybody relied on that person to always be prepared. And mm -hmm. so this is where I talk about finding the sweet spot of your strengths use is you don't want to dial it too far up or too far down. Think Goldilocks, just right. You know, if this person only ever is the one to be prepared, then other people won't try and problem solve. They'll just turn to the person and go, well, how come you don't have the answer? Mm. So they need to find a time to step back and go, you know what, I'm going to let you guys figure this one out, as uncomfortable as that feels for them. Um, and so it's this beautiful then conversation amongst those team members of, oh, yeah, okay, so when we recognise that's happening, we're actually going to talk to you about that um, so that we get more of a chance to use our strengths. And we looked at the whole team themselves, uh, where they had patterns in their strengths. So uh, each of the strengths in the strengths deck falls into one of six groups. And we found that some of the groups were more heavily represented than others in the collective zone of genius. And so then we were able to have a conversation about, okay, so to be a really effective team, you need to draw from all the different strengths groups. So what are your strategies going to be to bring in some of those strengths groups that aren't naturally present so that you get the full benefit of all the array of strengths that's around? So we can go from a, okay, Lex, what's your individual set of strengths through to what are our strengths? And then what does that mean for us as a team? Um, so strength deck, obviously, I'm a big fan of that because I created it. Um, <laughs> but having said that, you know, there are other strengths approaches available online, some free, some paid. Um, I talk in the strength deck about a couple of the main ones, the, the pros and cons of those. Um, but literally just having some conversations, digging into people's histories and patterns can be just as effective as sitting there and doing an inventory of strengths. Mm. I did run a strength session with my team once upon the time. Um, this is a few years back now. And we had an on, we all did an online assessment and then we mm -hmm. all brought our little report into the room and we discussed it because we wanted to we wanted to leverage people's strengths and, and so forth. So we went through the process and it was very powerful and we really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people got a lot out of it. But I remember I think we we're talking about this and when we were preparing for the podcast, there was one person whose strength and I really forget forget what it was now, but it was I don't think if it was something like humor and mm -hmm. she didn't feel like she had a good strength, you know, and so she was uh, a little bit gusted that her strength wasn't as strong in what she, her, she viewed as what was great. But the power of her humor really cut through at times, which was really tough. And, and so we had to kind of work with her a little bit after the fact to make sure that she understood that actually that strength is even more beneficial to the team as a collective than she would have ever imagined. So mm -hmm. there's some, there's some, there was some, I guess, unintentional, I wouldn't say consequences, but thoughts that came out of it that we didn't mm -hmm. quite realize. So it's one of these things around how you're able to say that all strengths are, you know, equal and so forth in the mm -hmm. sense that as long as we use them in the right way. And the thing that I like about Unleash Your Awesome is it does talk about that genius strength. So it's not just something like you say that you're good at, and we've mentioned mm -hmm. a bit in this podcast, but something that you're good at, but also that you're passionate about. And mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of why I prefer, well, I've liked the approach that um, while I've been going through it personally as well is because I'm getting to that part where I'm like getting really excited about it all as well so it's not just like oh, I'm going to do another Excel spreadsheet 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is what I really wanted as the cornerstone of Unleash Your Awesome is not just the what, what are your strengths, but the so what. Like, what mm. are you actually going to do with that knowledge? How are you going to bring it out? And also really appreciating this incredibly diverse array of humanity that exists on this planet. No one has exactly the same strengths fingerprint as anyone else. And that is glorious because it means that where I have a weakness, someone else has a strength. Where I'm meh about something I'm good at, someone else is like, oh my God, give that to me. I can't mm. wait to do that. And so it's finding that appreciative approach of going, you know what? Humor, if she's the only one that has that in the top few, oh, she is so valuable to the team. Because mm -hmm. otherwise it can be really easy to get serious as a heart attack about everything. And so she's going to be the one that's going to help us play and remember our humanity while we're wrestling with whatever it is that we're trying to wrestle with. And so, you know, I'm such a firm believer in that everything can be a strength and all of the strengths are necessary across humanity, but you don't have to be good at everything. You don't have to like everything you're good at. And you know what? Just accept the fact that if you're breathing, you have weaknesses and that's okay. You just need to know what to do with them. And you have this amazing array of strengths that you can turn to, to help you with whatever those weaknesses are. Mm, mm. I can't remember the quote you said. It was around something like, you're not going to be good at anything and you're not going to be bad at everything. I said that very mm -hmm. terribly. But I was just like, yes. And if you can get that mantra into your team mm -hmm. to say, hey, you know, like we, we all know that we've got aspects of ourselves that are are stronger than others. And mm -hmm. that's OK, you know, kind of thing. But let's work in a way together that's going to play to them and play to mm -hmm. your passion areas. And uh, together, we're just going to have a much more exciting place to, to be in a place to work you know so that's that's the power of it all as well is that people are going to be like yes I want to work for a team in an organization that cares to bring that passion that my passion to life I guess mm. is how I see it yeah and helping people find the sweet spot of their strengths use of you know perhaps the person with humor they might go overboard every now and then because they feel oh my gosh I'm the only one so I'm going to have to really do this <laughs> you know and and sometimes it's like hey actually the best use of that strength is to use less of it. Um, but then other times, don't be afraid to bring that strength up, polish it up, put it, you know, front and center, because that's what's needed right then and there. And so, again, we're back to experiments, right? Like, mm. what's the amount of this strength I should use here? And what about over there? And on that context and with these people, you know, we just, I, I'm a great believer in play. If we bring that sense of play that almost nothing is life and death, we can actually get so much more enjoyment out of our work, but also so much more productivity because we drop the whole trying to figure out the perfect way to do things. And we just go, we'll have a bash at this. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. We learn something. We just try something else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I know you touched on it a little bit, but maybe worthwhile to go a little bit deeper now around um, what do people then do with their areas that they're not so strong at? So their, their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So I talk in Unleash You're Awesome about creating yourself a personal strengths playbook. And I talk about attack and defense strategies. So the attack strategies are the things they are going to move you ahead. They're typically going to call on your genius strengths and probably your proficiencies. These are the move forward, pursue your goals, get stuff done. Um, you know, you're really kind of on the, the front foot. 
then you've got your defense strategies of, uh-oh, I've got to do something that's a weakness for me. What am I going to do here? Um, and it's things like, well, first of all, can you just not do it? So is it possible to structure your life and work so that that weakness is completely irrelevant? It may be possible, it may not. If it's not possible, but that's your first step, right? Eliminate if possible. If it's not possible, then what can you do to mitigate its effect? So that might be, okay, I need to use this weakness occasionally, but it's also helpful to use that particular genius strength. And so if I use that genius strength in combination with this weakness, I'm going to find it a bit easier to perform. It's going to be a bit more enjoyable and I can kind of struggle through. But with weaknesses, only to the least place of adequacy is my role, like as little as possible for as short as possible, and then move back to your strengths. Um, but sometimes you don't have a genius strength that matches. Find someone that does. Find someone that has that weakness of yours as a genius strength. They might give you some strategies that you can use, or they might actually help you do it. Or potentially you may even be able to delegate the whole thing to them. Yes. So there's a whole lot of different ways you can work with stuff if you have to work in your weaknesses. And again, back to experimentation, figure out what works for you in that situation. And don't be afraid mm -hmm. to actually talk to people about the fact, I'm not good at this, I don't like it, and I need help. Because most people actually want to help. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'll say that it's probably, and we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's not necessarily it's the easiest thing to do in the first instance when you're trying something new, like implementing a, an approach to leveraging people's strengths. So if a manager is listening to this and thinking, well, how would I go about this? And what were some of the barriers or challenges they might face? And I guess then how they could overcome them. And mm -hmm. would you list a few out, I guess? So the first barrier uh, is potentially with their boss. So actually kind of getting the permission to, to implement this. Uh, I remember many years ago at my high school careers day, I was in a fairly conservative high school, and someone came in and spoke and said, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Now, the teachers were horrified that they'd <laughs> told that to us, but all of our students were like, oh, that's a really interesting concept. And so... If you're not sure if you're going to get support for it, maybe just go ahead and experiment. And then when you've got the good results, you can talk to your boss about what you're doing differently. Um, if you really have to get it across the line where you might need to manage your manager. But then the second thing you're going to have to do is get the buy-in from your team because you can't just walk in one day and go, well, I read a book. We're changing everything about what we're doing <laughs> around here. So take people on the journey with you. And it can you can be a real soft start with this. So you could literally, in your next one-on-one -on -one with a staff member, just say, hey, new question. What are the tasks that you really love doing? Just start there. Just a little bit of, you know, what's good about your job? What are the bits that you enjoy, that you excel at, that you're excited about? And is there anything in there that maybe we could get you doing more of or is there a skill that you're using there that we might be able to apply in a different place or that you could show someone else in the team what you're doing and share it with them so just even starting with a really soft entry around getting that sense of people's strengths that light them up and just trying to move the dial a little bit so that they can do a bit more of that right through to a full-on hey everybody you know here's a strengths deck do your strengths matrix 
you know, let's talk about the things that you're great at and love doing, the things you're great at and don't love and how that relates to your work and your career trajectory. You know, we can turn it into a five-year performance, you know, improvement, you know, development plan. So there's a whole bunch of ways you can start it. Um, other barriers, people might be really suspicious. They might have been burned in previous situations. So when you start talking to them about, hey, we want to change, you know, what you're doing so that you enjoy it more, all they might hear is we're going to change what you're doing. And that can trigger, you know, loss and fear and uncertainty. So you know your people. So you might need a bit of a different approach with different people. Softly, softly is probably unlikely to go wrong. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I think as well as that, you know, having a plan in place, I guess, for a manager around how they might look at doing it and and, mm. and applying it in their context yes. can help them experiment along the way. And I like those words that you're talking about, like how is the message that they can create around that experimentation and constantly getting that feedback, what's working, what's not working, evolve, mm. what's working, what's working, evolve. Um, I think sounds like a really great way to, I guess, unlock the challenge of not progressing as quickly or as meaningfully as you would like as a manager to, you know, when you're applying, I guess, leveraging your strengths work. So yeah. I think that's really great feedback and really great tips there as well. So I think one of the things that we would love for people to, I guess, get in contact with you if they if they need to or want to, uh -huh. what's the best way um, to do it and how can people get your book and those sorts of things? Uh, so I hang out a fair bit on LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm Daria Williamson. Look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I have dariawilliamson.com and also strengthsdeck.com. Uh, so dariawilliamson.com tends to be more around the leadership aspect and strengthsdeck, particularly focused on the strengths and unleash your awesome. Uh, I put out newsletters. Um, so sign up to those. Um, dariawilliamson.com and strengthsdeck.com both have a store where you can get hold of uh, unless you're awesome, the strength deck or the bundle. Uh, audiobook is on all the major platforms. Uh, finally got it up on Apple. That was the last big one to hurdle to cross. <laughs> um, and it's also available as an ebook on a bunch of really popular platforms. So um, order it whichever way you like it paper, ebook, audiobook. There's a format that'll suit you. Yeah, fabulous. And if anyone does um, have that book, uh, give, give us some feedback. I know that yes. I've had a very positive experience with it. So if you could let other managers know how, you know, how you've experienced it, that would be fantastic. Is there anything else um, that we've kind of missed that is worth sharing, Daria, before we head off? Just don't be afraid to experiment. And, you know, it's not just okay. It's freaking awesome to love what you do whether that's at work or not. So really think about the things that bring you joy and light you up and find one way this week to do 1% more of that. Yeah, love that. Love that. Thank, thank you so much for your time. And um, I really hope that you are able to continue to share your message. Like I said, I loved your newsletter that came through today. So I, I appreciate the, the bit of positivity it made for my day. So thank you very much. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, have a wonderful day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any feedback or would like us to deep dive on a specific skill, please email us at hello at manageriq.com. Thanks very much. Have a good day.